Podular Modcast is made possible by Patchwork Seattle, After Later Audio, and listeners such as yourself. If you would like to keep these conversations coming each week, please visit patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Eschatonic Modular. Eschatonic Modular is solely focused on the design and development of the finest, sexiest, and easiest to install modular synthesizer cabinet, hardware, and power solutions for DIY and professional case builders. To learn more, please visit eschatonicmodular.com. Pod Mod Bods, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. We have Julia Bondar on the show today. Julia is a musician and she works at Endorphins, the modular company, and we have a really great chat. So uh, stick around for that. It's coming up in a moment. First, I just got to warn you that um, I'm trying to record this intro, and every time I listen back, uh, you know, for editing purposes, I'm noticing my voice sounds kind of weird. And that's because my allergies are starting already. I just took my first allergy pill of the season. Anybody else out there have allergies? Oh, it's crippling. Like, if I don't take allergy medication, um, when things start going into bloom, I, my, I either, it's one of two things. Either I can't breathe through my nose or it won't stop running. Um, and then my eyes just incessantly itch. And uh, I eventually break and start itching them, which makes it worse. And then it's just, I've got my knuckles in the pits of my eyes and I'm just, just pushing it. And it's like, it's miserable. It's miserable. And I can start to feel that happening and I can, I can hear it in my voice. So, uh, so thank you for dealing with it. But on the, on the lighter side, quite literally on the lighter side, I'm looking out the window right now to nothing but blue skies here in Seattle, which is something I haven't seen in months plural months i see the cascade mountains off in the distance to the east i can see them right now i'm looking at them i forgot i kind of forgot that i could see the cascade mountains from my house that's how that's this trick that seattle has seattle does this thing to you where of course going into the winter you don't mind and it's almost kind of welcome i like a good changing of the season um but after a few months, it, it starts to wear on you. And, and this, the trick that Seattle has is it, it brings you right to your breaking point where you're thinking, I can't live here anymore. I have to move. It's too gray. And then you wake up, like I did this morning, to the sun beaming into your house and looking out the window and seeing the mountains. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is one of the most beautiful places in the world. And the spring and summertime here is just the best. It's I don't know. It's almost like Seattle is is a conscious entity that, that likes messing with your mind or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, back to the allergies. It's just like that's the that's the downside of it and it's you know i've probably thought about this too much but when i think about you know a post-apocalyptic world a a a post-societal world something a la cormac mccarthy's the road i don't worry about the bands of cannibals coming after me i worry about the pollen being the thing that kills me you know i'm like when i'm when i'm I'm actually playing out these fantasies of uh you know some post-apocalyptic scenario you know me and hannah are are rummaging through you know uh, supermarkets or or, you know trying to find supplies and and while i'm trying to find canned food and, and clean water i'm also looking in like the medicine aisles like do they have claritin um 
Anyways, if you're digging this track that is playing below my voice, this is actually from our guest's uh, upcoming EP called I Want Forbidden, and the track is called Lust. So please visit uh, juliabondar.bandcamp.com. That will be uh, linked in the show description as well. Thank you to everybody who signed up on Patreon recently. Had a little burst. I think it's because I'm mentioning it more. So this will be the last week that I offer this uh, just to generate more interest in the Patreon. I'm doing little care packages. If you sign up at the $5 level, I'll send you a PodMod blank panel with a, a bunch of different stickers from various modular companies and a personalized handwritten note from myself. And if you sign up at the $10 level, you'll get all of that plus a cassette copy of music to come down to my new album. I want to say thank you to everybody who has signed up at that level over the past few weeks and your care package is on its way soon. I'm just going to let this whole like kind of giveaway uh, time period lapse and then I'm going to send them all out in one fell swoop. So again, thank you for signing up. And unfortunately, due to astronomical shipping costs, this offer only applies to people in the U.S., uh, listeners in the U.S. But if you're if you're not from the U.S. and you're a Patreon subscriber um, and you want, you know, some download codes of maybe the, the Stutterpunk EP, the new EP that just came out, I would love to share that with you, um, you know, or shoot me an email. We'll figure something out. And speaking of uh, shooting me an email, since I've mentioned uh, my, my depression recently, I've got a lot of really great and kind emails sent to me. And I think I've mentioned that I've been putting those in a special folder in my phone to go back and kind of revisit. Um, so yeah, I just, I just wanted to take a, a second to uh, say thank you and give you a little update. The weirdest thing since I did that that kind of that whole depression monologue at the end of Tom Whitwell's episode a few weeks back. Um, I haven't I haven't had a too bad a depression. It, I, I definitely felt like a big release, almost like I opened a floodgate and let some stuff out when I did that. And um, also, I, I imagine not drinking alcohol for almost seven weeks has had some sort of uh, impact on that. So yeah, I don't know. But I just as a little check-in, I want to tell everybody that um, while my anxiety has been kind of you know, up and down. The depression has been much, much better. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, reaching out to me. And if you're struggling in any way with depression, anxiety, again, I just really encourage you to uh, to talk to somebody because it's amazing what just saying it out loud can do for you. Um, hang in there. You're not alone. And again, thank you for all these kind, kind emails. Also, I want to I want to talk about my new mixer. My friend David Lutz made me the Gordon mixer, the eight-channel mixer that has uh, each channel can be panned, not by CV, but it has a potentiometer uh, for panning, stereo outs, and it has two effect sends, an A and B channel that each have stereo returns, 22 HP. Um, it's the only one that exists in the world right now, but I posted about it on Instagram and it's generating some interest. So if you are interested, find that post on my Instagram page and go check out or find David on Instagram, Somnolescent, S-O-M-N-O-L-E-S-C-E-N-T on Instagram and shoot him a, a DM saying, hey, what's up with this mixer? Because I think he is going to do a short run of them and it's, uh, it's very, very useful. 
I also want to take a moment to shout out DPW Design, uh, Dan Walbeck. He was, he's been on the show before. He made, uh, you've heard me talk about the four band distortion quite a bit, and I've been using that quite a bit lately. I'll talk about that in a moment. But Dan was nice enough to send me his limiter and his AV1, which is, uh, it's just like a, a utility, a way to combine CV in interesting ways. And I've been using both of them a lot lately. And the limiter is just absolutely essential if you're going to, if you're wanting to do some live drums in your set and you want that kick drum to really just break through everything. Um, three, three channel limiter and you can stack them. So if, if, if the one channel of limiting isn't enough, you can plug, plug the output from channel one into the input of channel two and then the output of channel two into the input of channel three and out from there. That might be too much. I would say it's probably too much, but you could do it if you wanted. So yeah, I just want to say thank you, Dan, and please go check out the DPW design stuff. It is really cool. And speaking of distortion, I've been using four different distortions lately uh, quite a bit and just having a whole lot of fun. I, I don't know if it's because I played with my friend Jeffrey's uh, life pedal from Earthquaker. That's that Sun, that Sun, the, the band. Um, they, they, they worked with Earthquaker to release this pedal and we played with it one day and now I'm just like, ah, I just want to make Doom. Um, so the four band distortion by DPW, uh, the Pura Rowena by Noise Engineering, and 100 grit by Schlappy Engineering. Like, I, that thing just, I, I'm finding new uses for that all the time. It's it's really versatile. It's not just distortion, but it's very, very good for that. And of course, the Bad Comrade from Recovery Effects. And keep an eye out on Bad, uh, or on Recovery Effects. I think some new stuff is coming very soon. Anyways, that's just kind of my rants, like what I've been up to lately and what I've been into module-wise. Um, I've also been really digging these Afterlater Audio Heritage line, the Bosque Oscillator Filthy Filter and Envy Envelope Generator. Um, yeah, they're just so useful. It's nice to have two of each of them. It's just that I find myself gravitating towards them, the filter especially, uh, using that a whole lot. So, um, and then finally, I guess since I've, I started talking about um, modules that I've been using lately, I might as well just say the other module that I've been using a lot lately is the Talco. Taco, Talco, T-A-L-K-O from Palaxis. It's it's a speech generator, but it has a couple modes, and it actually works like so so good for glitchy percussion. So uh, yeah, these are not. This isn't sponsor stuff. Um, this is just stuff that I've been thinking about and wanted to share with you. So I also want to take a moment to tell you guys about uh, an event coming up. March 7th, 4 p.m. at Substation here in Seattle. Modular Nights, put on by Modular Seattle, uh, who put on Velocity. Bradley and Josh, um, our good buddy and old co-host of the show, Ian Price, a.k.a. NatureBot, is coming out of his five-year hiatus to play a modular set. And I'm so excited. He hasn't played live in five years. So Saturday, March 7th, 4 p.m., Modular Nights. He'll be there. Who else is going to be there? The Animals at Night. Greg Markle, who does the theme song for this show. Um, and a bunch of other really, really great artists, including past guest John L. Rice. And I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the, the lineup here, and something that I've noticed uh, is more and more people that I, I don't recognize the name of, which is, is the best thing I can think of, because that means we're growing as a scene. And, as, and when our individual scenes grow, our whole community worldwide grows. And 
I think I, I shared this the other day going out to my first event in a while because Hannah and I were laying low because we were, uh, you know, quitting smoking. By the way, if you're listening to this on the release day, seven weeks, no cigarettes or booze. But I did have a dream just last night that I drank and smoked. So that means I'm not in the clear yet. But uh, actually, I don't really think about it too much. It's been easy. And, and if you're trying to quit smoking, I'm telling you, you just got to lock down. If you drink alcohol, you got to stop drinking alcohol to quit smoking. I'm not saying you have to quit drinking altogether. But if you want to quit smoking, like you can't drink. Um, you just got to kind of crawl in a hole for a little bit and, and get away from it. You can do it and you have to do it. It's so bad for you. Anyways, what I noticed the first time going out after coming out of this hole that I just described that you have to go into quit smoking, I saw people at modular nights that I didn't recognize. There were more people in the room that I didn't know. You know, like I, I, there, I of course knew people there, but there were more there. I was like, who are all these people? And uh, I didn't know half the performers. And it was just, it was so crazy to be like, oh, I've only been out, you know, I haven't been out in a month and a half or so. And now I'm out and it's already grown this much. Anyways, all this is to say March 7th, Substation Seattle. Let's go support our buddy Ian. And the last thing I'll say, because this intro is getting long and rambly, is my new EP with my friend Tess, the Stutter Punk EP by Tim and Tess is out now on Self Center Records. So you go to selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com. It's out there. I think it's on Spotify as well. It's some of the fit my favorite music that I've made. It's just goofy and fun. Um, yeah, I would really appreciate if you went and checked it out. And uh, let's just hear a few seconds of it as we fade into our conversation with Julia Bondar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. I, um, I've been wanting to chat with you for a long time because I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, oh. But first up, my first question is, how do you pronounce your last name? I want to make sure oh, I get yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah, my last name is uh, Bondar. Bondar. I, that's so what I thought. It's basically Ukra <laughs> yeah, Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian uh, language, so we pronounce all late letters as it's written, so we pronounce every single letter. Okay. So it's... So um, you mentioned that it's Ukrainian, so you're, you're from uh, Ukraine, but you live in Spain, is that correct? That's right. Uh, I'm uh, uh, from U I'm Ukrainian, and I uh, spent all my conscious life in Ukraine. But I just uh, moved to Barcelona like three years and a half. Okay. And it's not that much. I but many people think I'm Spanish, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right because I started my musical path from here. I would say, so that's why they must think uh, okay. that I'm Spanish. Okay, so let's. I, I would kind of like to just talk about your um, your your backstory growing up. So, born in Ukraine. When when did uh, like your mu Let's hear your musical background. When did you? Uh, when did what was the first music that really grabbed you by the soul and and made you realize that you wanted to be a musician? Um, 
I never had a dream, like I had only a dream to be a musician, but I never think it can be real because back in the day in Ukraine, I never had any friends who 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 are musicians or mm-hmm. who would inspire me or who would cheer me up or we would do something together, you know, as it used to happen probably. But um, Ukraine is not very uh, like like the access to the musical instrument in Ukraine is very difficult we like we have problems with import exports so it's like there is no access to many instruments so I, I just never dreamed about it because in Ukraine you have to be or very professional musician or you just don't do anything so of course I never dream like that I can be a professional musician and uh, it just historically happened to me that of course I dreamed uh, to be on the stage I I imagine myself like doing music but I'm not I, I don't have musical uh, education so I I was not going to uh, any music mu- musical school or uh, or like classes um, so I'm self-taught basically but it also happened not that um, uh, long ago because uh, I I uh, everything started with Endorphins Company, as you might know, I also form part of Endorphins Company. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of my boyfriend, I met him and uh, he introduced me to uh, modular synthesizers. And uh, they scared me a lot uh, <laughs> because he, he took me to, uh, I, as I remember, he took me to one of the, in Vienna, we went for like for romantic uh, uh, trip to Vienna and he took me to introduce me to his friends and they all went to like modular synthesizer uh, event, gigs, and they were only <laughs> avant-garde music. and. I hated it. I didn't like because it was noise, and I, I really I didn't want to be like uh, into these uh, surroundings. I just I just didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he, as he worked, he worked with modular synthesizer already, and he created uh, some modules already. And I had no interest in this and <laughs> because I had absolutely different work. And as I saw very bad example in the beginning of my experience, with mm-hmm. my, and uh, yeah, it's my, uh, I didn't want to like even dive deep into this world. So I went to a um, couple of other gigs and again and again they were bad and bad and bad <laughs> and like big huge setup, noisy music, like absolutely like out of sync very often and but likely I have a good ear. <laughs> That's why that would ha- help me uh, to believe in myself because I think, okay, I have a good ear. I have a good taste in my opinion. Of course, not everybody can share this opinion, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, and I... Uh, and then he, he he asked me, can you help me with modules? Because I have like more orders. Now the company going good. It's growing. And can you help me? And I left my job, which I have had uh, like uh, in med- I, I worked in medical business before. And uh, I was like assistant of uh, doctors in a fertility center in Ukraine. Oh, so wow. I worked with, yeah, I worked like more like in medical uh, uh medical how to say it was my profession so mm-hmm. i was like uh, uh transla- I, I translated some documents for the patients who came abroad and i uh, was 
following them through the, all the procedures they had to pass, like they were coming to make some treatments in Ukraine, so I was uh, uh, curating this. And then I left my job because I, I, li I liked my job a lot, but then I left it and um, I started to help uh, my boyfriend Andreas, uh, he's an uh, old designer of endorphins. I started to help him with uh, modular synthesizer, just assemble and then like some administrative stuff I had uh, to help him. And then uh, I started to like just this. I didn't know how to create music because, for example, also in modular synthesizer we didn't have uh, that much modules that we have on the market nowadays. Mm -hmm. So it there were like absolutely like not that thought for for harmonical uh, structured music, for example, because we didn't have a proper sequencer on the market yet. Mm -hmm. But I like the sound of the what I heard from the modules coming out. And I uh, then we just one day he showed me we connected we connected the key, just simple MIDI keyboard to, to to the system we had, and I and I and he showed me how to play notes with uh, model and how how it can be connected. So he taught me a lot, like. Uh, a lot, and I uh, then since then we started to develop like system uh, for introducing our our product to the customers. We started to make some demo, and along with the demo came some our music to, together we made. So I I uh, learned a lot from my boyfriend because he he mainly he's a, he's a musician because he played in uh, uh, in many. Uh, in many bands uh, in Ukraine before, uh, and we, uh, uh, so he taught me everything, and then when we had like normal setup, like it was quite musical, but still it wasn't that, uh, like for live music, I, I didn't feel myself very confident with what I like have now, or going with this on the stage, it was too, <laughs> too risky, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> but likely, <laughs> Yeah, likely we have, uh, we had like this very small events in Europe organized by some, by, by people like who also not that professional, but like some, some small event, a major events that people can try themselves. Uh, you, you don't need to be like uh, super secure. So you can, you can take this risk and try yourself. Uh, so these events, I like what about what I really like about Europe. There are many that kind of events, events that you really, without being that confident, you can try yourself and get confidence. Which every single event, you prepare a new program, you go in there, and you challenging yourself in a way. So that's how I started from very small events. I uh, played some notes from iPad. I programmed it from iPad. It was very bad and not my gig was very successful. <laughs> yeah. That seems and to be pretty common around the whole. I, I feel like that happens here in the, in the States as well um, with mm -hmm. uh, our modular events are, are a nice open environment where people can um, maybe feel a little bit more secure in in trying stuff out for the first time. I have I have some friends here that I've seen perform for the first time. You know, a handful of people, mm -hmm. and uh, they were really nervous, but they did great. And uh, once they do it once, they they get a taste for it, and it and it gives you confidence to keep going. So it's it seems to be a common thing in the scene, the modular scene, just in general. 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, in Ukraine, we don't have it. Like we just start to have it, but uh, there were no environment for this in Ukraine. But also like uh, why I moved and uh, this move made my, brought me to a new level and uh, because we like in endorphins, we had like lots of problem um, having business with uh, like uh, um, with Europe because because we had that war uh, Russia Ukraine so it was like very difficult to deal in business wise with Europe so we have to to, to pick a, a country that we have to live and enjoy uh, like uh, enjoying life but still doing business and doing what we like. Uh, so Barcelona seemed very good choice for us and we moved to Barcelona and uh, everything started to be easier for us business-wise and then uh, people started I, I didn't play many gigs there and I didn't have I didn't even have goal to play many gigs or creating lots of music for me it was more like to showcase the product we have mm -hmm. uh, and there's some there were some people who invite me to play uh, uh, who invited me to play like oh do you want to play there and I didn't have and like like a solid program prepared so it motivated me to prepare something better and better all the time so I uh, th that how it starts is as you said it's common so it's probably very similar to many people but I have to say that it really works <laughs> you uh <-huh>. know? because <laughs> it brought me like it motivated me to record my first uh, album then second album then now I'm going to release EP so this this is the small events, the small community, people around, and what they do uh, to grow from the small events to a bigger events to even a big festivals, uh, uh, getting more audience uh, to listen to your music. So it's possible. So it's really very great environment here for this. That's so cool. So so okay. So endorphins started in in uh, in Ukraine. And then you, you started getting a little bit popular and to keep up with the business and have it be um, something that functioned, you, you had to leave. Um, but how long were you guys doing endorphins in, the, in Ukraine? Um, so it was like one year uh, my boyfriend was doing before he met me. So uh, in Ukraine it was like four years. Okay. Before we moved to Barcelona, and now it's almost also four years. So it's eight oh, okay. years, let's say, yes. Wow. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> um, so were you, were, you making, um, were you making electronic music with uh, like MIDI keyboards and, com and computers and synth synthesizers before modular? Yeah, mostly I was using keyboard because there were no, as I said, there were no uh, like n nice in, uh, sequencers uh, on the market mm -hmm. yet. So keyboard, and then I found out um, about one application for uh, for iPad. It's called uh, Modstep, and then I uh, I started to program notes. Uh, it was very difficult because the screen was very small and program notes and uh, <laughs> but because i i didn't uh, i didn't also know how to work uh, on ableton or like uh, from computer i still don't know i don't know how to work with ableton <laughs> so for me the keyboard is the the best uh, of the best i still uh, creating melodies on the keyboard and then just transfer them to my sequencer because it gives more possibilities all the time and more variations of uh, what we ca you can so keyboard is really nice. That's why um, uh, now I have a sequencer and it's Bitstep Pro from Arturia, which is, I used like 
almost two years and mm-hmm. I really like it's my favorite so I have almost uh, 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 every gig I uh, use it I create my music I record my music at home with Vista Pro so this is my favorite sequencer at the moment <laughs> cool so um, I guess so how long were you making music before you found modular? Because it seems like maybe you found modular and started using it pretty early in your music making career. Am I, am I understanding that yeah, right? Yeah, I, w- I, was, I was not doing music before I, uh, before I uh, got in touch with modular. So oh, really? Oh, wow. That yeah. is so interesting. <laughs> yeah. That is really, I, that's probably really rare, I bet. I, I, don't, I don't imagine a lot of people start with modular. Yeah, because many people, they, for them, modular are so intimidating that they consider it as the last part, as they need just to add some more textures. And mm-hmm. But for me, modular was the first, but I, in, in musical-wise, uh, I... Uh, I had my communication uh, with the, with this, uh, and also I was find out that with the modular setup I can build a whole band. So I I'm alone <laughs> playing like drums, leads, bass. So it's very handy because uh, like nowadays people create everything on a, a laptop, mm-hmm. which is great. Which is also uh, it's okay for me. But I'm for example. Uh, as I, how uh, to say, I modular was my first instrument. It's <laughs> <laughs> why I al- always, even now, I, as I want to expand my modular more and more, even I tend to be very minimalistic because I I want to carry my modular on the stage, and uh, people it, it's it's not easy. People don't understand because much easier to carry laptop on the stage, and if, especially if you travel. So yeah, like it's big risk. Something uh, technical problem can happen, and. Which happened to me oh, sometime. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but thanks God everything ended up well. <laughs> so, uh, so I modular was my first. Uh, so I just build the whole band out. Yeah, my case it's a whole band. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine. I imagine how much complicated it must be to have a whole band <laughs> and. Uh, and do it and have a common uh, some common ground and same opinion and same test and same goals i think it's difficult so with the modular it's like my first instrument and my animal uh, my pet <laughs> like uh, I'm, I'm, yeah yeah I, I i taught myself everything with modular since zero because for example i'm also not a good key- keyboard player so that with a sequencer good having a good sequencer is essential because then you just program notes. So my performances are basically like many hours of creating and programming in uh, in sequencer. So then I don't have much risk on the stage because I just have everything very well programmed. But I, of course, I put lots of time uh, and uh, and effort at home and many hours and uh, sacrificing my uh, weekends, <laughs> for example, <laughs> not going out or hang out, hanging out with friends. But I'm doing like because I'm very interested interested in this and continue my, my musical path. So I really spend lots of hours with this on weekends, and. Um, uh, and I have everything programmed through a good sequencer. So that's what's important. <laughs> so, I'm, so you're, 
Uh, um, you're the like you work at indoor. Well, you work for or are you are part of the company Endorphins? Mm-hmm. And um, on your Instagram, it says you're the creative director. So, w- what does that entail? What what is your what is your job description like right now at uh, at Endorphins? Yeah. Well, first of all, I share the part of Endorphins. Uh, like uh, with my boyfriend, we are mm-hmm. partners in the company. So it's basically I uh, see like it's like a vision where we should move or also what does what like where my my boyfriend is a brain and I'm more like how to embody everything, how it should be, how it should look, how it should be presented, mm-hmm. or uh, what's the direction of the company, what we aim to. Uh, the design panels, like uh, marketing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it's it's really cool to. Um, I don't. It's you have a very very. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's it, you have a very tight brand for the company, mm-hmm. and, and and it seems like it's uh, you know like just the look of everything, and then the um, how you make you you make albums with your stuff and you kind of promote your modules and your albums together. I just think that's a really really um a really unique and cool idea and way to be mm. like a small company because that's the way things are now, you know, with with I don't know the how the music industry's changed and just how it just it seems like everybody's kind of has to be their own producer and their own marketer and their own brain you know like it's like this this renaissance uh person type uh, uh, approach and i think you guys do that so well um mm. so yeah i was just curious how that all kind of came together and and it and that it's what i thought it sounds like it's very collaborative so you you guys you guys bounce ideas off each other a lot it seems like maybe and and um i'm wondering how much does your live performance affect maybe what you're thinking about designing next does are those things linked at all yeah i think to understand um because we're doing products for musicians and if you don't play you don't know what's the interface better for this functionality so uh first of all uh, we, we need this functionality and then what interface would work the best for this mm-hmm. and of course we have our um, philosophy of interfaces already done but sometimes we understand okay we might change, for example, now we have in development a few modules and even the sequencer, which we are preparing now for so long because it's it's a complex project, uh, it's absolutely different uh, in interface what we used to do because we started to use uh, the um, silicon key- keyboard in there. We never used it before. It's a new product. So, of course, we're trying to, first of all, we're gaining uh, with the years more experience how it should be. In musical-wise, we also understand how it should be made for musicians, for live performances, for the studio, um, sound-wise, realistically, is it good or not maybe good, because also sometimes you understand realistically it's not that good, we cannot put it on the market until it will be redone. So, of course, it helps a lot, like me performing and creating music, and also we have people who work with us who are, who are musicians as well, who gives us their feedbacks. They also work as beta testers. We also very um, uh, carefully listen to their opinion because it's very important to listen to other people's opinion and 
gives them a chance uh, as far as like you trust this person you see a big potential so why why don't you listen to this person of course we have a very good team that we uh, share share our opinions and then trying to create the best what we can in our what 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 in our power uh-huh that sounds it sounds like a lot of fun you- it's fun <laughs> i enjoy going to work every day uh, now for example we uh, expanded we 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 moved to much bigger and nicer office and to much nicer area because we started like at home, first of all, then we moved to Barcelona, and also a couple of months we were like doing uh, stuff at home. We, uh, but then we understand we need office, and we rented office, and it worked for two and a half year very well for us. If it was very small and, but it was cozy, we liked it, and now we just moved to a bigger office, and uh, I, uh, and now I, I'm going. Mm, to work like uh, like you know like to some celebration because I have people <laughs> who work with me there. Uh, I I'm very anxious to see them every day to, to have fun to laugh to decide like what what we're gonna do or uh, some people work on assemblies. Some people help us to create like content marketing. Some people work as like sales team. So we are like five five people now in uh, our team uh, like for everyday work but then we have some outsourced people who work with us as well but the, the team we have now I'm very happy and uh, it's not easy to find the right people and so I imagine yeah is, that's yeah. it's it, it's kind of like have it's like kind of like being in a band you have to find the right people to play with music with too uh, but <laughs> now you're you're adding mm-hmm. business to it so I bet it's even more confusing but it's it's funny to think um I just I love this about the modular world, but uh, it's a sign that your company is really successful if there's you know more than three employees. A lot of these, I mean, and there's even there's really successful companies that are just one person. It's it's just so it's so funny to me to to think that it's still like even though it's growing in popularity, it's still a pretty um, boutique, you know, artisan type business, which is I think maybe why all the, this cool creative stuff's happening. Um, and so on the creative side, when you're thinking of what you want next, of course, you're, you're taking into account what you need um, and what other people are saying they need for live performance and you know, designing interfaces. How much is what's going on with other people building stuff influencing you guys as designers? Because I imagine if you're working on this design and then you know, another company releases something really similar... And you didn't know, and you know, neither of you guys knew you were working on it. I mean, I imagine that's got to maybe be frustrating, but, but I've also heard people say how much inspiration they get from their fellow builders. So uh, how much, how much does the, the evolving scene of, of different, um, manufacturers influence what you Mm. guys are building? Well, uh, we are not really like we following, of course, uh, after each, for example, NAM, NAM show, Super Boost, we follow the releases, what people came up. But before this, we are just creating our own stuff. Mm-hmm. We are not like watching who 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 does what or who is gonna to, who is going to release this or that, uh, because if thinking of this, you understand. Oh, everything is already done. I will yeah. not be doing anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and the same with music. Oh, this this uh, artist already successful in the music, but. Uh, uh, 
but uh, like uh, what I'm not going to do this mu this music again like I'm not right. going because this 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 musician is already successful so but there, there is a place for everyone uh, mm -hmm. in music in uh, gear and uh, every, again it can be the same functionality but different interface different yeah uh, like approach and so there are always differences so in yeah because everything in our world is already created we just re repacking it into a different format probably more, more maybe wise format better format uh, well thought right yeah, so everything just the same thing just better yeah, it's funny. I've heard a couple people say this, and I and I think it makes a lot of sense. But when you look at pe when you look at different designers' modules and their, the way they're designed, you're almost getting a peek inside of their brain, and it's almost like releasing an album. It's I feel like there's a lot of creative expression with the design of this technology, and I think that might be um, due to its being kind of a small artisan. You know, it's a very passion-driven industry. It seems like, um, and so. I guess okay. So you've been doing it for eight years. How how is how has the the whole world of modular changed from from where you've seen it, from where you've started to now? And has it been has it been crazy or has it been gradual? Um, it's changed uh, <laughs> definitely uh, because as I as I told you, I was I went to first modular uh, events and it was noise and avant-garde <laughs> music started, uh -huh. which is also nice and have place to be. But for me, it's in terms of uh, like with that kind of music, I need some visuals. So mm -hmm. for me, it's more yeah. like sound design. Uh, and uh, now people, uh, big bands, famous bands, they are going to stages with the modulars. They, um, uh, I mean, it, the music evolves in modular scene, really. Uh, the better sequencers, nicer melodies, better structures. So mm -hmm. for me, like better structure is, a, is, a, is a, this was I can define. For nowadays, we have like really musical uh, models. Is like big future because I can tell you, like even like four, four, five years ago, there were people who were telling us, "Oh, modular is going to collapse. It's uh, it's not going to survive for so long." Mm -hmm. And we were okay, but uh, we will still be doing this until it will collapse. Uh -huh. You know, and it was five years ago, and it's even getting bigger, better, uh, like quality-wise, like sound-wise, interface-wise. So it's just just the beginning, I think. Oh, good. I I, I agree, and I hope we're right. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm just so fascinated that you became an uh, a musician. Um, later in life than, you know, a lot of people, I and mean, a lot of people start when they're kids, but it sounds like you started in your twenties. Um, yeah. and, uh, and you make e excellent music. So I'm just kind of wondering, um, what's your, what's your, what's your process like and, and what really inspires you to create and, and what is maybe a day if you're going to sit down and, 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 uh, create a track, what, what is mm. that paint that scenario for us? What is that like? What's your what's your headspace yeah. like? What's inspiring you and stuff? Yeah, first of all, I always wanted to make like danceable music. So mm -hmm. uh, I didn't put myself in some genre, or I said I want to create in this genre. Now people put me in some genre, which is not really happy about because I don't <laughs> want to be a slave of this genre. Uh -huh. It's like, uh, and then 
uh, I discovered some artists I like energetically like for example my, one of my favorite and still I uh, really take lots of um, example from him it's a uh, Gazafelstein maybe you heard it's a, a French producer he plays like dark electro techno okay. and he was for me very very um, like it's a good example for me and then like chemical brothers lauren everything uh also there is one uh from canada i really like it called like alphonse robert trust it was like so it's a mix of everything i like uh and i always try to put it like in my idea but as soon i start to create it i, I it never comes as i was thinking uh-huh and yeah, it comes <laughs> in a very different way yeah uh-huh. Uh, so for me, like basically what I, I, I learned how to do drums, uh, first of all, so if I have a good rhythm, so everything I can apply uh, and um, so it's it was not difficult, you know, we, we have that Black Noir machine uh, and I started just with a sequencer to put some drums, like for example, I put just four by four, like Usually I do it in my weekends because uh, in weekday I try to be focused on endorphins and then my weekend weekends I try uh, I try to be focused on um, on my uh, musical career mm-hmm. <laughs> let's say yeah at the beginning it was hobby but now I trying to take it like uh, as a career yes because I, I as I said I started to make it. Uh, like relatively not <laughs> in my uh, n- not that long ago so n- now i just starting to gain some experience and uh, skill i was still sharpening my skills with modular and of course i know my setup i know because i have uh, almost everything uh, it's a dorf- endorphin setup so of course i know it very well i work with uh-huh. this every day like very well so how i started is like putting kick four by four then I'm applying uh, uh, bass, so uh, bass always makes that mood of, so, okay, this bass sounds well, I'm just creating like three, five notes, and then um, I have this skeleton, and then for this skeleton I create uh, a part of leads from further generator usually, and then uh, for the leads, some strings and pads and an additional structure, which I, uh, uh, I record in one take. And then usually, of course, like one weekend, for example, I create. And then during week, I overthink, do I like this track or maybe I should move on with something different. And if I like it, next weekend, I record it and then just build the structure on my computer, on a laptop, on a Cubase. So this oh, is yeah. how it that's works what I, for me. That's what I use too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much how I, I make stuff. I'll build a patch and, and hmm. sometimes I'll do, I'm actually working on a big big piece right now that has a lot of multi-tracking, which I haven't done in a long time. So yeah, it sounds hmm. like you, you, uh, you do it very similar to me. I like to do that too, you know, like listen to something for a while before I know if I want to pursue it. Is this, is this actually mm-hmm. good? Um, so it seems like you play live quite a bit. Is that is that true? Is there a pretty good scene there in in Spain? Yeah, uh, exactly. I think if I would live in a different city, uh, I would not play so much live. <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, um, people organize a lot of events, and I get like every week I get some uh, invitation. But of course, I said okay, I have 
some like I, this is my price to pay and i don't have very high price like it's very low even i would say uh-huh. uh but <laughs> but you know and some they don't want to pay even this and i said okay i will not play there or for example yeah. if it's not a very beneficial for me just as an artist i will not play there because because before I played in every shitty hall, shit hall, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I needed to, I needed to sharp my skills and also feel confident in front in front of audience. But now I feel like I can choose, and uh, I try to choose wisely. It's not only money wise, but but the feeling from the whole event, how it will be, who organizers, how it will, if it, if it will influence on my uh, on my. Uh, bio the artistic mm-hmm. bio you know so it's like um well, and you so want to have yeah, fun because too. I, it's a I, lot I of need work. to f- yeah yeah it's <laughs> a lot of work but i mean it just i just want i just now i'm learning how to invest my energy into a right uh, direction because i cannot just give it away <laughs> every weekend somewhere you know uh-huh. <laughs> i have to take a break then accumulate some energies and to find the right place to give it away yeah, that makes sense. And um, mm. I think uh, you mean it's it takes so much work to create a set and then to pack up all your stuff and then to load it in. And then there's the set, you know, it's like playing a gig. There's a lot to it. And yeah, I've played I've played too many shows to mm-hmm. just the sound guy and maybe a couple friends. You know, you you it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's kind of like, well, what, we could, you could have just came to my living room. Um, <laughs> uh, but how is the um, happened to I, me? <laughs> I know the electronic also, music yeah. scene's pretty big there in Barcelona, right? Just generally all sorts of different types of electronic music. Yeah, that's right. Um, how is the modular scene? Is there a good size modular community? We have modular community, but uh, everyone are very, like, you know, when we came here, there is Befaco, uh, mm-hmm. and they have, um, they, they, they reside like they have like artistic residency with their um, modular uh, project in a, in artistic uh, venue let's say uh-huh. so they have like open days every friday so people used to go there hang out solder and diy stuff so many people um, got familiar with each other there so this is was a really good starting point uh, about like modular scene in Barcelona but also re- recently I uh, I discovered much more people who play with modular synthesizer who never goes there who have like own direction and so there are many many people who play but they're like very separated they are not like getting together and hanging out or so everybody has their own artistic path and i mean it's also very destructive sometimes when you hang out with people who have maybe they have modular but they have very different (laughs) vision of how they will what they will do with this modular uh, synthesizers Mm -hmm. so so it's like there is one there are some we know some people sometimes we can go out with them but there are other people and everybody making very nice stuff i have to say in barcelona people really do very nice stuff with modular like in general i haven't seen in any other city when you come to modular uh even very very small event and it sounds like big nice festival you know it's just it's a matter of promotion that it's difficult to promote sometimes because people are doing very nice music but they don't know how to promote it yeah yeah that's that's a really big issue i think people could yeah. you know how many people out there have made 
wonderful records that no one will ever hear yeah. because they didn't they didn't have yeah it's weird um and that's again that's why i love your how you have set up your whole model of of the company but you're using you know you're using the company to promote your music and using your music to promote the company it's just it's a great idea it's really cool that's kind of why i wanted to start a podcast is use the podcast to promote my music um <laughs> so and well even further to take that even further this idea of um you being just a uh, kind of doing everything uh you also shoot your own videos right and produce your own music videos uh, yeah, this is uh, this is like we just start, and um, you know I have a big expectation for this, and we shoot this video, and I like it. It's not that bad, but of course I have bigger expectation <laughs> than you know, like uh, yeah yeah we shoot our own music. Sometimes I'm happy with the results. Sometimes I'm not really happy with the result. But uh, come on, let's release it. We put so much work in it. Yeah you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just so, watched uh, the video for the new single. Um, it's Lust, right? And yeah. it's off of Lust, the uh, right. uh, I Want Forbidden EP that's coming up. It's that's a cool video. Did you did you uh, did you do the eye? Did you wear contacts or did you guys yes. do that? Yeah, that contacts, you look. Yes, those are pretty. Those are very creepy contacts. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was my first contact lenses in my life. I never put any contact lenses on my eyes before, I, and I it was either. very very challenging <laughs> in, in the set without mirror. Like, like just feeling, you know, how I inserting into my eye, like <laughs> when I did it. Yeah. Well, I like the video. I think it's really cool. Um, and I love that you're carrying your, uh, your like three U endorphin case in like a, a, a sack through the, the subway station. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This video was inspired by German movie. It's called Possession and it's a very deep movie in, um, in a way, um, it's like from 60s, it's quite uh -huh. old. Uh, so I just like a couple of scenes from that movie and th we were inspired so much. And then we said, okay, let's do something similar because I really got inspiration from we, me and my partner, Andreas, we go, we, because without him, I will, would not be able to do it because as in the music wise and video wise. So it's like we are, we working in team. He always recommends me this music, uh, this like melodies. He, he, when I do music, he comments, it doesn't work, just forget it. And he helps me sometimes also. So it's like a teamwork. So I cannot even talk about this as my own work, but it, ca it has my name, uh -huh. <laughs> but actually it's our work, both of us. Does Andreas make music as well? Yeah, he he does. He helps me a lot also to do my music. Mm -hmm. And he was making music before, but uh, as he more like engineer and modulars, we had to put priorities because like uh, it takes lots of time for me and for him. So it's like we're trying to spread. So meanwhile, I'm doing music, he designing modules, uh -huh. <laughs> modules <or laughs> prototyping. <laughs> yeah, I would like to talk to him too. So if uh, yeah, pass the message on if he's interested in coming on. I'd like to hear his story on how he got into it. Um, but yeah, I just think yeah. that's so cool how you guys work together on this. Um, my good friend, uh, Greg Markle has a company called recovery effects and him and his mm -hmm. wife, they work together. Um, she, you know, she takes care of the social media stuff and, and they just have a really, really cool, um, like brand built and it's just really aesthetically pleasing. And yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. cool to see. I like just, I love the, the do it yourself culture and it's just I, I think modular is just like such a great environment for uh 
for that type of person who's into yeah. that. Um, we actually want to even expand because it's not enough to of us. <laughs> <laughs> and we built studio, actually the, the new office, and Endorphin's office, we spread it for two parts, like working part, assembly part, designing part, and also a video set. We oh, build cool. a like, whole real video set because we want to really learn more about this and um, uh, to shoot more videos and so f we decided like to build our own studio because eventually we calculated that it will be cheaper than rent studios uh. or equipment or something so we have like a big like quite a lot of equipment for our own like video production oh that's that's so cool um i think yeah. my neighbor's knocking on my door okay i'll be right okay, back no problem. <laughs> All right, yeah, they, uh, they thought my car was parked in their spot, but it wasn't my car. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, um, on the, uh, let's see, I had it written down what I wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so the Black Noir, um, that stuff, that, the album that you made when you were kind of releasing that, you, you, you made the album and released it at the same time as the, the drum module, is that right? That's right. Yeah, and and that one had vocals on it. You were singing. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I actually uh, don't consider myself as a singer. Like I can sing, but I'm uh, not very happy in general uh, with my voice, especially in this album. I like more like music in this album than voice. So yeah, we we. Uh, we were testing machine. Meanwhile, we were releasing before releasing it. So we test we tested it on my music, uh, and and it sounded well. I think mm -hmm. <laughs> in the album, yes. I really like that album, um, and I, I like your singing style. Uh, and no, I don't think any singer is ever really happy with their singing. Um, yeah. So I was wondering Thanks. if you if you ever did any vocal stuff live. Yeah, yeah, I did live before this album. I was singing live quite a lot of like seven eight times i had okay. life with this album yes very cool it's difficult to manage the um, it was also one of the reasons why i stopped to sing because it's difficult to manage the like the whole band of uh, <laughs> of case is a case modular synthesizer playing and then also singing and then switching these patterns uh, like uh, exactly in this moment and then uh, keep singing and it must be like profound and your breathing must be correct and it everything was super complicated you know so it like if i liked i would love to sing as well 
but I had to an to have another person who would perform music, you know, in the same. That makes time. sense. Yeah, because if yeah. I mean, it it would be so difficult, and if if you made it easier to where you had to touch it less, then it's kind of like, what's the point of doing it? You know, you might as yeah. well just use a laptop. So, I get that. Um, so when you are performing live, do you do you have um, do you have kind of uh, some some sets prepared that you you use often, or do you create a new set every time you go and play live, or do you try to recreate your album stuff live, or how do you, how how do you approach yeah, that? Yeah, I, I mostly uh, when I create my uh, tracks music, so I create them to be played live, and only then I recorded them. And of course, I can in post production I can add some uh, samples, some more like effects, more reverb, like. Uh, I can make it like prettier, so, sounds prettier in post-production. Uh, it's like I'm not saying prettier, and it, it's like it's not sound well because it sounds different. Because when you play live, everything sounds much more powerful, and the good huge speaker phones, like monitors you have on the stage, they blow people away. <laughs> and when you record, everything seemed much more calm and. Uh, not that powerful so of course uh, like it's enough sometimes what you created for life it's enough but it's not enough for for to put it out just for listeners you have to really work on post-production uh, and for example i work uh, I'm, I'm not doing mixing myself i have like uh, the guy who makes mixing because he does it professionally more quickly and i don't spend time and for good price so mm -hmm. it's everything like i have a good uh, like in um, let's say it's a flow flow. I have a good workflow in mm -hmm. these terms. That's cool. Yeah, I mm -hmm. I want to still. I'm I'm still working on trying to get my live my live set down. I want to be able to pull off like 45 minutes and have it be entertaining the whole time. And but I want to do that in seven U. So it's it's kind of hard. I think I need to get something like a key step or some sort of external powerful controller um, that would help a lot. Um, yeah, basically I have everything programmed very well uh, before I'm going and then just I do very minor changes on the stage just to entertain. Also, it depends from my mood and uh, vibe, what audience gives me. And sometimes, of course, it depends a lot from audience. Audience should give you energy. Not only you must give the energy to them. Mm -hmm. So do you have, do you, I guess, um, is your, your setup, it sounds like you have it set up to where you could play a, a number of different things that you've already built and do you do you do you pick like a set list when you play live or do you kind of decide what you're going to do next as you go well I, when i uh, released black noir album i was playing black noir tracks and then i just made the nice transition between them so they they would change between uh, one another but it would not be noticeable very like in a harsh like I don't, didn't need to stop and play another track everything like uh, in nice transitions and I made a nice transitions and same with uh, in my neighborhood everything the whole album uh, was like the one track which ch like changed uh -huh. uh, it was very long and <coughs> I'm sorry. So now I also going to release like three very different tracks, but I already placed them like number of times live. So people got bored of this. Now I'm all already creating a new stuff because I'm going to perform um, 
uh, in uh, Berlin uh, during the super boost. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, but maybe not in the super boost, but during super boost uh -huh. in uh, some of the parties. So I'm preparing a new stuff, which for me now sounds better and more powerful because I also added some new uh, uh, modules and I learned more, you know, with each album I learned more and more mm -hmm. and more. So for me, it's like learn by doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I, I really, I really want to go to Super Booth. I don't know if I'll be able to this year, but um, that's a long ways to go for me. Uh, yeah, it's far. Yeah. <laughs> it's really far. <laughs> so we're uh, we're almost at an hour, but before we before we get too uh, too far into it, I'm just kind of curious. Do, what is your best gig and your worst gig? Like, what are uh, just a little story? There were worst. <laughs> <laughs> there were many worst gigs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. My 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 best. Geek where was in the MOOC, uh, MOOC Barcelona. It's a very famous club here, and uh, it was the best just because there were many people who really gave gave me their support. Uh, it's very important to feel support from your audience, and you know what was important for me, and I was like. I can't believe this, but people came to my gig just because they knew my name and they wanted to listen to me, you know? And this was like surreal because people usually, here in Barcelona, people go, um, this club is like more famous, just people to go hang out. It's always full, it's always full, uh -huh. uh, every every weekend. Uh, so I play. I had luck to play on the weekend and people came here and they like were screaming my name and it gave me so much power you know it's i was so grateful for them oh that's so cool well i'm glad you got to experience that that's uh yeah. that's kind of i think one of the reasons a lot of us get into trying to play lives because we want that experience so yeah that's that's so yeah cool it's that like that. it's very important to i think to find a right right venue you know when you come come to this place you know this place is always full so you can if people don't know you, so they will know you because you made a nice gig and they they were interested. So they just discovered you as an artist, even they didn't know you. So they just discovered you. So it's important to play a gig where you know that people will come anyway. Uh, so you know you will not just play for three or four people. Even if sometimes I'm happy to play for three or four people because if they came to, so it means for me a lot as well. Mm -hmm. But. So in a in a potential wise, you know. Yeah, when I was younger, I was I was more interested in how many people were in the room. That was all I cared about when I was in bands, you know. So if if there were thirty <laughs> people, I was and it was a big room. I was sad that there wasn't a hundred people. But now as I'm mm -hmm. older, I realize, yeah, if if there are five people that are really really into it, I think I would rather yeah. do that than play to, um, you know, fifty or five hundred bored people. Um, <laughs> So, I oh, didn't tell that? you about my worst gig. Yeah, I want to hear the worst <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as they were, they were a lot, so I was like not really remember everyone. <laughs> uh, but I think it was in, uh, when we just came to Barcelona. We started, I wanted to perform, and Barcelona is uh, famous for marijuana associations, uh -huh. and people smoke weed and just chill, and then. Uh, the people they were they want like the organ the owners of the clubs they always want to try to to bring somebody to to play mm -hmm. 
uh, or DJ or live music or some uh, cello or whatever. Just they just want some music there. And we came with our like very hard hardcore program. I mean, it's not hardcore, but like for people who under marijuana, they it's hardcore for them <laughs> because they need something like more chill. And they were we we tried so many effort and I spent like six hours uh, in the place without windows. And yeah, I don't smoke marijuana. Like I smoke sometimes, but not like I'm really like into marijuana. Uh-huh. And um, and I felt so bad because all that smoke I was breathing, and <laughs> when it came to my gig, finally I felt so bad and so headache, and people were don't care. I gave my best, but people just were don't care about what, <laughs> what like who is there. They were just don't care. So I decided this is the was the point that I decided I have to pick up carefully where I will be playing. You know, yeah. <laughs> no more marijuana association in my life. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, it's hard when you're first starting out because you kind of have to you have to take what what you can get when you're first starting to perform, and um, yeah, I, it's definitely a nice feeling when you can when you can pick. Like I pretty much only play with people invite me to play now. I don't try to find my own shows because that's just it's a nightmare sometimes. That's right. I'm also neither I. I uh, don't. I'm not looking for geeks because. For me, it's also difficult because I have to work with endorphins. If I would also uh, put myself only like a musician for only as a musician, so of course I would search for more gigs, like to play and earn money on these. But for me, endorphins is a priority anyway, uh, and I'm trying to like to go to the gigs I like, and then I uh, don't waste a lot of my energy and. Yeah. yeah, this way. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, Balance. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. tell us a little bit about the new EP. Like, when is it coming out? I, it'll probably be out by the time I release this episode, I think, because it comes out soon, right? Yeah, it comes 25th of February. Okay. And it will be three tracks, which one I, uh, people already heard, because one of them lost. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there will be two more tracks, which called the black t-shirt and talk dirty to me <laughs> uh, yeah it's because it's, it sounds very dirty uh, so I was decided yeah it's, it's nice it's nice stuff and uh, <laughs> the whole EP called I want forbidden because the you know it, I created this, this EP in the point when I had something inside of me that asked for for some dirtiness you know we all have like <laughs> hidden desires uh-huh so I wanted that dirtiness in my life, probably. And it was like exactly the period I was creating those tracks. So yeah, they really into into that mood. Uh huh. So you so you you find kind of themes then that you want to create pieces of music around and, and that come from. So it's it sounds like your it's like your music is. I, I know everybody is it's self-expression, but it sounds like yours is very very expressive of whatever kind of mood or whatever you know, area your, mm. your thinking is in at the moment? Um, you know, I think what, what defines good music, it's when you hear it, it puts you into some kind of atmosphere. You mm -hmm. can imagine yourself in some environment, for example. So uh, for me, defining, okay, this is a good track when I can imagine myself in a different environments than I am now, and it makes me feel interesting. Like, no, I'm not saying happy or sad, but different. Uh -huh. I don't know, just different vibe, atmosphere, atmosphere. Okay. 
Um, so I know that your system is all patched up for live shows. Um, can you improvise on the way it's patched right now? Yeah, yeah, I can improvise, like uh, just playing some random bass and again, <laughs> kick and yeah, it's possible, yes. Do you want to try a patch challenge then? Did I tell you about, do you, do you know what that's yeah, like? Yeah. yeah, you know, I can, I can do, like, I don't, will not be uh, unpatched my, uh, right. uh, but I can, I, I can create something uh, our, uh, now on the fly, like, uh, with the same patch, you just can create some track if you want. Okay, yeah, that'd be cool. Let me find some words for you. So what I, I don't know if you're familiar with the patch challenge, but what I uh, do is I find uh, a random adjective and noun, which I have a little generator that uh, Sam Chittenden, one of my listeners, and he works with Waveform Magazine, he made a, mm -hmm. uh, he made a, a patch challenge generator specifically for the show. So I... Uh, I hit generate That's words, strange. and then mm -hmm. it'll give you an adjective and a noun, and then um, you just have to create a track based off of those words. So these words will inspire you. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, interesting. Okay, so I'm going to read some moods for you that you can pick what kind of mood you want, and then, okay. and then that'll generate the words. So mm -hmm. um, there's a lot, so I'm just going to read them all in an order. Mysterious, musical... Simple, easy, hard, rhythmic, happy, sad, angry, dark, light, aggressive, peaceful, open, and closed. Mysterious. You want mysterious? <laughs> Everybody picks I'm mysterious. I'm mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see what the words are. That's, no, I don't like it. Extraordinary instinct. Those are different, two different words, or this one, this is like one sentence. Yeah, it's an adjective and a noun, so two words. And uh -huh. then that, those two words will inspire the patch. Terrifying visitor. That's kind of scary sounding. It's like horror movie. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I can this. I can. Yeah, you terrifying want Terrifying visitor. Yeah, let's do terrifying visitor. That's pretty cool. We're going to get into Julia's patch here in a moment, but let's check out a demo first. I know what you're thinking. I need some real tape echo in my Eurorack setup. How am I going to get that? Well, you're going to go to AISynthesis.com and check out their AI-016 Eurorack tape echo interface. It's a limited edition module that allows you to use a standard three-head tape recorder as an analog tape echo unit. It also provides op-amp saturation on the input when pushed, and you can hear that as I fade up the mix on this drum beat right here. So I'm making changes in the delay speed uh, via a potentiometer on a modded out Marantz tape player. So any tape player that you can find that has a line in and out is going to work with this uh, interface. And then you can modify your tape player to do whatever you want. And a lot of tape players you'll find actually have a tape speed uh, knob on them. So yeah, sky's the limit with this thing. Let's listen to something nice and pretty going into it, and you can really hear that tape saturation.
Did I mention that these also come as a kit? You can buy them complete, or you can buy them as a kit, or you can buy the PCB and panel and source your own parts. All three are options over at AISynthesis.com, so please head over there and check out the Tape Echo interface and the other amazing modules. All right, let's listen to Julia Bondar's Terrifying Visitor. So I'm. I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I, like I said, I was really excited to get get you on the show and, and learn about your your pat your your musical past and how you got um, where you're at today. So it was uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, before we before we sign off, is there anything that you want to shout from the modular mountaintops, as I like to say? 
well, first of all, thank you for inviting me because your Boiler Modcast is getting also popular and I congratulations <laughs> with that. Uh, thank you. And you have very interesting guests. I always like trying to also follow who I want to listen, like who also can be inspiring for me. So uh-huh. it's, it's great to have that podcast in Modular because we don't like, it's also one good uh, move into community for the community you know it's uh, it's very beneficial for the whole com- world in the world community modular hope. well and but the most importantly uh just the people who would listen this i want to thank for the people who will take time and listen my interview and for it for the people who support my music and who give me a chance you know because like music is all about giving a chance to a musician to be heard so this is what i very grateful for all the people who gave me a chance. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. And thank you for the kind words about the show. I, I agree with you. It's, 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 I, I just have so much gratitude for everybody who's given me a chance with doing the show and, yes. and listening to my music. So, and it's been so cool to be able to get to meet so many people, even though it's over, yeah. you know, Skype, it's still fun to actually get to know people and have a one-on-one conversation, you know, for an hour. You can, yeah, it's like it's, a funny, friendly conversation. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Thank you. And that's our show. Thank you so much, Julia, for coming on the show. Please go support her on Bandcamp and go check out Endorphin stuff. Uh, Links in the show description. Also, uh, don't forget about my new EP that I released with my friend Tess, the Stutterpunk EP by Tim and Tess, available now on selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com or on Spotify. And thank you to Needham Woodworks, Eschatonic Modular, AI Synthesis, Patchworks, Afterlater Audio, and you. Until next week.